welcome to the show. Welcome to our podcast. Um, podcast. And continuing on the trend of talking about what we want to talk about and what nobody else wants to talk about. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about um, a piece of like media or like something we watched or listened to or read that like just meant a lot to us. So sit down, buckle in, and it's my turn. My turn to talk. You listen. <laughs> you never listen to me. Anyway, before we before we do that, my name's Ashley. And I'm Julia. And this is Ready? Rewind. All right, Julia. So social security number. Okay. I wanted to guess before we actually started, like what you were going to talk about. So I'm gonna by the way, I I didn't say my guess, but I'll say my guess now. Okay, say so your guess. I feel like it's Oron. No. It isn't? No. um okay miss i watch this show like every winter i do i used to watch it every winter i haven't watched it in so long i haven't watched it since the night donald trump got elected that's last time i kiss kiss bomb oh no actually i watched it recently i watched it when i got broken up with um yeah that's throwback that's sad they took it off of netflix (gasps) (laughs) i legitimately don't know what to do with myself it's on hulu now but yeah i just but, canceled my hulu subscription can i borrow yours sure if you have okay. a um or on fix i'll give you my hulu account something traumatic happens to me i'm gonna be like ashley i need your hulu password it's my comfort show it's one of my comfort shows but i found a new comfort show that's like extra comforting oh okay i you told me about it briefly so it's that what you're gonna talk about yeah i've been watching okay. it ad nauseum like literally ad nauseum. I think I know every word and like every plot point. So what is this show? Like I've never heard this show or I don't so, even know what it is. Yes, please explain to me. Here we go. This show touches on some sensitive topics. So just a head up, we will be talking about um, addiction, homophobia, internalized homophobia, really not just like externalized homophobia or, you know, people being homophobic to other people. Yeah, those are like some of the heavier topics it touches on, but it's like a really fun show. It's called Feel Good. And it's Mae Martin. She's a comedian. This is like her sitcom about like kind of loosely based on some of the things she's learned in her life as an addict and as a queer person and like kind of figuring out their gender. Oh yeah, we will be talking about gender crisis. And it's just so, it's wonderful. I love it so much. Explain more. Anyway, so here's more. (laughs) Okay. So I'm glad you like shows, it though. Thank you. I've watched the show. To, I watched it all in one night. It's only six episodes, oh, and they're wow. like about an hour each. Okay. Really great. It's coming back for season two. I'm pretty sure it better. I need it to come back for season two. I watched it in one night, like all six hour long episodes, basically. And or maybe they're not like an hour. They're like 45, 30 minutes. I don't know, but it's, it's they're decent chunks. And I watched it in a night. It's so good. And then I've just been watching it to like go to sleep. It like comforts me. You have a legit like comfort wake, show. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night from like a bad dream, I like watch an episode. Like pop it on. I'm like, oh, this is nice. But the show centers around May. May's girlfriend who's in the closet. And then May's like Narcotics Anonymous group. And they're just kind of like living in London and figuring out and like navigating their new relationship and their feelings with each other while May is trying to like figure out her career as a comedian and like kind of get over her addiction issues and like heal some of her relationships with like her parents. I was just about to ask you, is this a British show? <laughs> it is. Well, she's Canadian. 
okay. I was okay, to, I Canadian in Britain. Okay, I was about to say this show sounds very British for to me for some reason. I am. It is. Maybe it's also because I was just watching The Crown with my parents. So what about just this some, sounds like The Crown to you? I don't know. It's just like British. I don't know. It's just like people have. I don't know skins maybe they deal with drugs too <laughs> oh my god this is not like skin. this is like skins for people who've already gone to therapy if you haven't gone to therapy watch skins if you're feeling edgy and you have gone to therapy watch the show but it's really cool it's really great um i like it a lot here's and here's why it, it's it walks the line between being a like sitcom that's like funny and light and like kind of like a rom-com energy also touching on things that are actually important and like meaningful and it does not in a way that's like lighthearted, but also like doesn't skimp on like the depth of the issue. So like you have these like really funny, cute, light moments where like, you know, May and her girlfriend will be like George will be like walking around town and like goofing around with each other. But like then you have these other moments where they like confront like she's getting confronted about like her narcotics addiction and like like saying that she's not going to relapse. And then you do see her eventually relapse and like take people down with her in her group and blah, da, da. So how do you want to, like, learn about the show? Should I tell you, like, beginning to end? I was like, who, like, who is in it? Like, where can you find the show? How, who made it? Like, this is a Netflix original. Okay. And in, like, a Canada or, like, a England 4 or something. Okay, yeah, um, Channel 4 for England. Yeah, I Channel think, 4 I think the Great English. British Bake Off is on that channel, too. Oh, so you know it's premium content. Look it up. <laughs> Google, Google.com. Look up the show get on netflix.com also a great place to view it um i think it's nowhere else because i I think it's pretty exclusively there i don't think you can get it anywhere else unless you're in britain then you can get on channel four you can get it on channel four it came out in 2020 oh this is really recent it's a very new show like i i think i found it i think it was under like my lgbtq okay that makes sense if it's like a, yeah it's probably under like representation matters category yeah and i was like oh my gosh this one has gay women with electricity sign and me up how is it or like you mentioned before like gender conforming or gender questioning how does it do with those issues like so comrades prepare for this me martin um, does not label in real life um, their gender or sexuality. This character um, provides gender non-conforming representation. Let's start from the beginning. This is this is the spoilers you're gonna get. May dates George. George shows up to a lot of um, May's comedy shows and likes her content and sticks around one night after the show, after mustering up the courage to kind of talk to May. And during their like first conversation, it's really cute super cute um and they're like kind of having a little bit of banter but it's like awkward and like kind of like dry sarcastic like british humor it's very british humor during this conversation may kind of finds out that george has never been attracted to a woman before or like dated a woman that kind of puts a lot of pressure on the relationship especially may feels as someone who presents a little bit more androgynously or masculinely to like perform that stereotype to kind of like i think because deep down she's worried that george is actually straight But as that develops, here's what you need to know. During their first kiss, they play this like high-pitched ringing noise. 
And this noise comes back all the time when May sees drugs or, you know, cocaine specifically, or if they're, she's like craving cocaine, like if something bad happens, it's like the sound that kind of, it's like this high pitched feedback sound. It's kind of like what she gets when she feels like she needs to like use drugs. And it's also the sound she gets the first time she kisses George. And so throughout the course of the show, your love is like a drug to me. I'm so exactly. sorry. It's so Kesha. You love, you love, you love. Or like fucking Edward. It's like a drug to me. You like my own Brenda. personal brand of heroin. No, literally, she's like, I'm addicted to dating you. Um, like genuinely, like she's like. There's a point where George is like, you can't, George in the second episode goes off to a wedding and they've been dating for three months and she's like, please, please take me. And George leaves her at home because she's embarrassed to be dating her. That's bad. <laughs> I feel like though, a lot of queer people do go through that. So it's it's relatable, but, yeah, it, was but it still sucks to see. So George is kind of like figuring out her identity and um, she leaves her home and May can't text her for the day and she like loses her mind and like goes crazy all over the stage trying to like avoid talking to her. And goes like really weird, intense, crazy extremes to kind of like stay in this relationship and including using drugs and like stops wearing colors and like starts to question their gender and feel a lot less comfortable in their gender. And you kind of like see it and she does like a whole stand up routine about it in the show. The important part of the story, I think what the show does really well is it like interestingly talks about the intersection of like what is addictive personality behavior, like what is how do we as like regular people or like people who aren't like using a substance like form habits that could be considered addictive behaviors and patterns towards things and also like what is a healthy relationship how do you come into your own identity it's it's like they have to find other vices almost at least with like my experience with people with addiction um with one family member that i have he like when he stopped using or even like stopped drinking he was cigarettes were like he would smoke he if he had the money to afford more cigarettes he would smoke packs a day it's yeah. just like they have to have like something yeah no exactly like that's literally what happens is like she starts to use her old addictive behaviors where she would use like cocaine to like mitigate her emotions and transfers it into her relationship which um, creates how, a unhealthy dynamic i must say like how does the relationship kind of turn toxic almost or did were they able to save it it starts and ends toxic you don't get the vibe that they have the relationship that's like they're meant for each other it's like they have a cute relationship and at times like they have their ups and downs but it's like weirdly realistic yeah and i think like at the end there are some moments where i'm like i would leave her mm-hmm. i don't know i don't think they're like necessarily the best couple there's another character in there that is may's sponsor's daughter and her name is Lava, like the rock. Nice. And, <laughs> and there's like a point where you're led down the path where you feel that like Lava would be the better partner. Yeah. But maybe for some reason doesn't attach. And I think that's because she's looking for the intensity that she used to get from drugs in her relationships. Yeah. And she talks about owning up to her past and like really relatable stuff. It's interesting, like such like a heavier show is kind of like something that comforts you in a way yeah I don't know why the show about like addiction and relationship struggle and identity formation is so lighthearted and comforting it's also a lot of even like listening to a podcast today they were talking about like gay movies and I'm like yeah they always make me cry they're always sad 
And it's like refreshing when it's like a happy story. Like when we watch But I'm a Cheerleader, yeah, there's some sad aspects to that film, but it's mainly like a 2000s romantic comedy. I think it might be one of the few lesbian rom-coms where they actually have electricity. Yeah. No, it's it's really cute. I think the the approach is really great. That's why I think Skins is for people who are emo but haven't gone to therapy if you're British and feel good is for the emos who have gone to therapy. Emo and queer and sad and you haven't gone to therapy, Skins, you have gone to therapy, feel good. Like it's clearly written by somebody who has been through it. It's approached in a way that doesn't feel like keyed up or like done over for television you can tell this is something that Mays put a lot of thought into yeah which is always good like you see like the passion it's kind of like you know what it kind of reminds me of um the show Fleabag have you ever I've seen that show. watch that show that's my recommendation to you <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime it's a it's like I think it's another British show I think it was giving me a lot of vibes pretty much like yeah about a girl kind of go figuring out who she is like she lost her best friend Falls for a priest, whatever you what? like. <laughs> yeah, it's that pretty wild. Dairy girls. Yeah, except it's kind of more. Pre- they're also um, the priest and her are like the same age. It's not like she's like a school girl, and the priest is like in his thirties. Yeah, the thirty-year-old priest. But also, Dairy Girls is an excellent show. I love Dairy Girls. Oh my god, Dairy Girls is really good. But it's not like a comfort show. I don't think I would watch that show to be comforted the same way I would watch Feel Good. Yeah, I think like I have a different version of comfort. Comfort media like that, it's really what you desire. Like for me, I would consider Dairy Girls like a comfort show because it's like a show I can put on when I just either need to pass time or I just like, you know what, I want a good laugh or like I want to feel warm and fuzzy type of thing. I think that's what I think of for comfort for me personally. Yeah, no, this one definitely makes you feel like warm and fuzzy at times, but it's also like, I guess it does touch on and it doesn't, it does touch on some like harder topics and doesn't always like hit it up in a nice bow a nice little mm-hmm. package like the tensions are still there yeah this but is the- also i am also the person that would watch whose lines in any way clips just to feel something <laughs> oh my gosh that's right your last depressive episode god that was such a bad depressive episode but yeah that's what whose line in johnny cash depressive. got me through i would yeah. watch the show because it's not emotionally taxing somehow i think that's very well done then i should i'll watch the show it's, I'll tell it's you lighthearted that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, because when you know, like, it's a show, you're like, oh my god, like the drama is gonna be. And it's not even fun drama. Like the crown's fun because <laughs> it's like it seems so outlandish. And also, I'm not British, so I don't, I didn't live through all that. <laughs> all right, are you ready to hear my comfort? Yeah, it's a very different term. Wait, can I guess? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What's your guess? I have, I have two guesses. Okay, go ahead. I haven't talked about it yet. That's a hint. Like at all. Italia? No, but I, I did consider talking about it. But continue. What's your second guess? My second guess? Ant-Man. <laughs> no, what? it's not. <laughs> That's a good one. What did you pick? I'm going to talk about the Muppets. Did you know that the word Muppet comes from combining the words puppet and marionette shut up smart ass anyway (laughs) you cannot match my power my intellect anyway the muppets were formed of course originally by jim jim henson Henson. (laughs) listen just because i didn't know your indie ass show doesn't mean you can come 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I used to work in the building where Jim Henson was. He started the Muppets. So yeah. maybe I should talk about this. I'm kidding. Oh my I'm God. Yeah, he started in the 1950s. Originally, it was just Kermit and another character, a brown dog named Rolf, who Jim Henson actually would later say he was actually more like Rolf than Kermit. Fun fact. So basically, he would just go around like taking these different like Muppets to like different talk shows and things like that or like sketch shows. And they'll just be like hanging out. They'll be like, hey, what's up, Johnny Carson? But besides the Muppets, Jim Henson also had a hand in making Sesame Street in 1969. He had a hand in making? Uh, I didn't know. I, like I said that as a pun. Anyway, <laughs> in 19, it was 1969, Sesame Street, which of course still runs today. And side note, I've been watching this guy's funny TikToks of Elmo like screaming at people. It's really funny. But the Muppets finally got their own very own show in 1976 with The Muppet Show. It has a very iconic theme song. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on The Muppet Show tonight. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to get things started. Well, wait, you'll know thing better. It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what we call the Muppet Show. In the show, this is where it was like a SNL type sketch comedy show with a lot of um, big time guests of the time, like Rita Moreno was the first oh guest on the show. Yeah. And then you had other guests like Elton John, Johnny Cash, oh, Steve wow. Martin. The Johnny Cash Muppet Show must have a powerful aura that can like cleanse you of all depression. It was very nice. It was like you watched it. Yes, because it's I'll get to that. But anyway, I watched it because I saw it. I was like, I watched because I was looking for guests like I actually knew because a lot of them are like a lot of stars from the 70s. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. But also during the show, this is where Miss Piggy debuted along with Fozzie Bear and Gonzo. So a lot of like the main Muppets of today debuted in this show. And the show ran from 1976 to 1981. And you can catch it now on Disney+. Plus. They put the entire show on the streaming service and I watched a good amount of it. Wow. I'm going to watch that on Ashley's Disney Plus account. <laughs> Well, anyway, in 1979, this is when the Muppets appeared on the big screen and they're in the Muppet movie, the first Muppet movie, which is actually where the Rainbow Connection song first debuted. It's like the opening shot. Kermit's in the swamp. And he's just on with his little um, banjo playing Rainbow Connection. How sweet. It's very sweet. I actually just watched this movie for the first time because it's also on Disney+. Plus. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch the first Muppet movie. And I loved it. I was like, great movie. 10 out of 10. Loved it. And after that, The Muppets came out with a lot of movies, actually. In 1981, there was a great Muppet caper. One of my favorites as a kid loved this movie because I had it on VHS, so it was like a tape I always played as a kid. Kermit, Gonzo, and Fozzie are like newspaper reporters, and they're like the big fancy um, fashion designer in town. Her jewels are getting stolen. And they go on to solve the case and it's actually her brother and it's 
and Miss Piggy gets framed. And it's a it's a treat. It's oh a time. Gosh. Also, the music slap. Also, the Muppets does they do a really good job with music. Um, yes, yes, yes. But Muppet Treasure Island, that one song the little boy sings is awful. Okay, that song. That's the one exception. Yeah, that song sucks. But the rest, because it's also, but uh, also think it's not sung by a Muppet or Tim Curry, so it's gonna suck. It's gonna fucking suck. Tim Curry was great in that movie, by the way. Yeah, before that though, so 1984 Muppets Take Manhattan came out. Besides the Muppets, Jim Henson was doing other projects with different Muppets. No, they weren't the Muppets, but they were like Muppets, the puppet. It was a brand of. That's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> like they weren't the official like, Muppets. Puppets. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And with Fraggle Rock on HBO from 1983 to 87. And also he did The Dark Crystal during this time and Labyrinth and also Muppet Babies came out. So he was doing a bunch of different projects and also still helping with Sesame Street. So he's doing a lot of stuff during this time with his like, puppet marionette empire type of thing and actually in 1988 disney tried to merge with jim henson who was like at the time they were going to do a whole thing where the muppets like take over disney world um in like early 90s there's still some muppet rides today but they were going to have like muppet characters and shows and basically just a whole big campaign for the muppets but unfortunately in 1990 jim henson died so that um, merger also died yeah, in this yeah. whole plan but anyway disney ended up merging with jim henson corporations anyway in 2004 so so who his son runs it now right his son does run it so he was basically like here you go disney but before that honestly i feel like the best movies were made during this time in 1992 you got muppet christmas carol oh great yeah. movie oh, 1996 yeah. muppet treasure island besides the little boy song <laughs> it was great all movie. really great after that straight shot up from there honestly yeah you kind of start down but then bam you got kermit as the captain you got tim curry in his prime like oh. 90s prime tim curry pre-stroke pre-stroke and it was kind of like tim curry's little comeback because like yeah he had a good time because also tim curry was doing like home alone 2 and the wild thornberries were starting to come out so oh yeah was having like i'm gonna just start doing these roles whatever i'm I'll be a dilf. voice actor i can do that like, i can I'm sing so still <laughs> he can sing he was a dilf he was a dilf he's he's still a dilf i'll give it to him i stand by that being my first crush yeah that's a very valid first crush my first crush was um dr frankenfurter good crush. I, I have nothing nowhere to go from there rocking no. horse. <laughs> Um, so after Muppet Treasure Island, also in 1999, Muppets in Space came out. I also really like that movie because he kind of, Gonzo's my favorite Muppet. So it's like pretty, it's a Gonzo centric movie and it finds out what Gonzo is. It's confirmed he's an alien because before this, Gonzo was always just referred to as a whatever. Like you got Fozzie's a bear, Kermit's a frog, Gonzo is a whatever. So we actually established him as like an alien. Gonzo is the lesbian representation that I need. He's the pure queer representation of the Muppets. He really is. I see uh, myself in Gonzo and his chicken wife. His chicken wife. Um, that was, It's not Clarice. Why can't I think of it? Might be. We have big Rizzo be. and Gonzo energy. Yeah, it's true. 
We didn't watch Muppet in Space because that's a very also Gonzo and Rizzo movie. It shows like their friendship and like. So yeah. So after this, this is when Disney kind of takes over basically with some merchandising and stuff like that. And also the Muppets still had a little presence in the park. Like there's Muppet 3D, like Muppet Vision 3D in the MGM park of Disney World. Like little things like that. And also like with on Disney Plus, there's a lot of movies and shows on there. But yeah, so after this, the Muppets kind of dipped down in like their popularity and just movies and stuff. Yeah, so like in 2005, there was like a Muppets Wizard Wizard of Oz parody that was released. It was actually really good. Like, it had a Black Dorothy and Queen Latifah was in it. So, so I'm like, like good, for, good for you, Muppets. <laughs> so it was like um, Wizard of Oz meets the Wiz. Pretty much. Ashanti was Dorothy. Wow. Yeah, I was like, there was a big star that was Dorothy. Yeah, it was Ashanti. And so, yeah, but after that, the Muppets kind of really didn't do anything for a good 10 years. Or, like, they still had, like, every other show and, like, movies you can rewatch, but they didn't really have anything new. And the Street was holding it up. Pretty much. <laughs> but 2011, they made their big comeback with the Muppets movie, 2011. This is what, I don't. Jason Siegel, okay, and Amy Adams. Yeah, I was, I was, I wanted to say Jason Aldean or something. Jason another Bateman. Ja- <laughs> <laughs> another Jason besides um, this Jason. But anyway, yeah. So and also great music. It's just also a really fun show. Like it's basically, it kind of the Muppet movies. Basically, they're saying, yeah, the Muppets have been gone for a while. They're acknowledging it, and there's like a whole, there's a new Muppet on the scene that actually that kind of stays within the Muppet roster he's like a human-esque I know I should have said that I'm looking at the song right now (laughs) yeah do you want me to can I jump in right now sure go ahead he's a human-esque Muppet who has an identity crisis and isn't sure if he's a man or Muppet which brings us to our top gender dysphoria bop man or Muppet which also won an Oscar am I a man or am I Anyways, the song obviously yeah, the trans- was about gender that, like, dysphoria. <laughs> that like transports me to another level. That's, uh. <laughs> really, it's a good one. I think <laughs> you showed me that song too. But it was a girl. It was a TikTok where she was singing, "Am I a lady or am I a rat? Am I a rat?" Which I also identify with that song me too man or oh. muppet is my favorite song about gender dysphoria yeah and they, it's kind of cool because the muppets kind of go back to their roots they relive the muppet show they go back to like the theater and do like a show and there's a bunch of celebrity cameos like lady gaga i remember it's like selena goma it was a very much like who was it in 2011 put them in the muppet movie do you remember selena gomez's um cameo in the big short She's had some great cameos. She's a good, like, she's, she's fun. She's fun. <laughs> she's actually, she's a pretty good actress too. Like she's, she is. I think she was in the movie The Fundamentals of Caring. She was a good actress. Good time. Uh, so yeah, after that, they started to come back. Like they had a sequel to that Muppet movie in 2014 with Muppets Most Wanted. They had like a little own. Um, they had like another show. It was just I think called The Muppet Show, from like 
it was like in 2015 it was kind of like a mockumentary sort of like the office or modern family type of show and just get into different shenanigans and they do have like a little show now called muppets now on disney plus it's just like different segments on the show and i think there's only like a like a few episodes right now but yeah it's kind of where the Muppets are today. A little breakdown of the history of the Muppets. There's a very good series on YouTube, Defunkland. And he like did a whole Jim Henson series. I think it's like four episodes, like 30 minutes each. It's very well written. Basically tells Jim Henson's story and also what kind of happens with the Muppets afterward, after he dies. So if you want to learn more about it, I suggest watching that. And I think why the Muppets are comfort to me because it's just puppets everyone loves puppets uh, <laughs> that was a that was a RuPaul joke um, oh everybody does when they do the like yeah they do like the puppet challenge I think it's just I watched these movies as a kid especially the the Muppet movies from like the 90s because that's what we had on tape these characters are just fun they're just living there and I thought like they were real you know they present them and how they make these movies you can't tell that no one's controlling them you can't tell that they're puppets it's kind of like when you go to disney and you see the characters walking around like oh that's mickey that's actually mickey mouse in front of my eyes type of feeling as a kid not just like some 20 year old in a costume being all sweaty and depressed oh <laughs> so it's just I don't know, it reminds me of a good time in my life. It's nostalgic to me. Also, like, they still hold up. I showed you guys some Muppet movies, and you're like, yeah, this was good. <laughs> if you were going to recommend anybody watch when they they need to be comforted, which piece of Muppets media should they watch? Hmm. That's a hard one. Like I, could say, I would say the first Muppet movie. It gives you a good okay. establishment for the Muppet characters. Has great songs. Like, the iconic... Rainbow Connection I mentioned before, but also like there's like a hippie song, a hippie-ish like rock band song with the Electric Mayhem. Um, there's a fun song with that. And also just has like a good message. Just they want to become stars. But if you want a good action, definitely Muppet Treasure Island, because also Tim Curry. Very action-filled. Very hot. Very hot. They're they're dressed up as pirates. There are some problematic points, but for the most part, it's okay. I mean, yeah, I I will say if you watch the old show, like I never watched any of the original Muppet show because I obviously wasn't born in that time and we just didn't have like, I didn't have the Muppet show on DVD or anything. So I've never watched it. And then when we put it on Disney Plus, I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. This is when, because Disney also has other problematic movies and shows from like the olden times yeah today song um, of the south dumbo well song of the south disney completely got rid of they don't even talk about song of the south that hasn't been in circulation since the 80s oh they won't, even, they won't even talk about it but anyway it was up in the 80s okay yeah keep going but anyway yeah so there are some parts in the muppet show that are kind of problematic and for these certain episodes if they are even like, like the johnny cash episode they have a warning. This program includes negative depictions or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. 
Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. And to learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit Disney, Disney.com slash stories matter. So they have this in front of Peter Pan, Dumbo, Fantasia, Lady and the Tramp, and a few others, Aristocats, things like that. And they have some in front of some Muppet show episodes. Like the one with Johnny Cash, they have that warning in it. And I was like, why do they have this warning? Then Johnny Cash comes onto the screen in the background. He's like in a barn and he's about to sing a song and they have the Confederate flags Mm. hanging up. And you're like, there it is. There it is. And another episode with Steve Martin, I'm like, hmm, they have the warning again. And I'm like, Jesus, what happens in this episode? And it's... (laughs) Like, it's fine going on. And then he does, like, a Chinese accent, like, mocking accent. And I'm like, "Mm, there it is. Could you imagine your job is to watch all the old Disney content and just flag it for being problematic? And just to, like, put that message in front of, like, the episode. They could probably look up and be like, who has said? (laughs) Because they don't, like, mark that, like, the scenes. They just have it, like, in the beginning. Like, oh, this is. Yeah. Or do you think there's some shows they just flag and they're like, there's probably something problematic in there? I wouldn't be shocked. (laughs) Or even like an old Disney Channel shows. There's stuff probably in there. Like OMG. Yeah. Like it, even like I feel like some shows were very progressive, but also then there's others that were not. For even like the two thousands. I remember well that's so Raven was like way ahead of its time. But I remember that one Shake It Up episode. There was like the um they made a joke about like the models like not having it or models having an eating disorder and stuff like that. And I remember seeing it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that. That's where Raven was like ahead of its time, though. Mm-hmm. That's why the Muppets are comforting to me, and I will still always be. I don't. I realize that I don't have like any Muppets merch, and that has to change. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna get all of Gonzo's wardrobe. All the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I just, I'll just dress like Gonzo from now on. <laughs> but, okay. Um, sheer comfort. Uh, tell us audience what's your comfort media yeah you watch a show about a comedian and drug addict navigating their gender and sexuality crisis or do you watch the muppets (laughs) i feel like those are two ends of the spectrum but also like not like it's just i don't know it's somehow lighthearted. i can't describe it but yeah so let us know what your comfort media is you can follow us on instagram or tiktok at ready rewind podcasts or facebook and twitter at ready rewind pod or send us an email and let us know like your comfort and media and story at you can email us readyrewindpodcast at gmail.com and until next time ready rewind